This morning, we, we complete our series of messages that we've been talking about concerning biblical stewardship. And uh, we've, been, we've been teaching you over the last couple of Sundays, two or three Sundays here, concerning what God has to say about money and stewardship. Uh, stewardship is more than just money. It's with our time. It's with a lot of things that we deal with. We're, we're prone many times when we look at that and when we talk about that just to look at the money side of it. But there's so many other areas concerning biblical stewardship. And I made a statement to you a couple of Sundays ago that it's, it's really amazing uh, to me that there, there, there's a lot of people in our churches today that does not really understand biblical stewardship. And there's a lot of pastors that will not take the time to, uh, take the time to invest uh, teaching uh, that, that particular thought. And so that's what we wanted to do with you. And we usually do this once a year anyway. And so we wanted to do that, uh, uh, you know, the overseer asked us to do that, but, to, but also we wanted to do that and share with you concerning biblical stewardship. Now, when it comes to the matter of stewardship, as we've said, we understand this morning that God owns everything. God is control of everything, and he lets us manage what he has blessed us with. If you'll look with me in Malachi chapter 3, very familiar scripture that we've read many times before, but we want to use this as our basis uh, this morning with our, with, our last, with our last thought concerning the blessing of the tithe, the blessing of the tithe. The Bible says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. I want to read that, that, that to you one more time. Listen to the words, bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Now, as I said, God owns everything. God allows us to be the manager of what, he has, what he's blessed us with. That means simply to us that we... Uh, that, that we are accountable to God in every area of our life, including even our finances. Every area of our life, we are accountable to God. We, every one of us handle money on a regular basis. We do different things with our money. So God has a plan for how we can be faithful in our stewardship and also blessed in our finances. I know, as we've said the last couple of weeks, I know that when, when a preacher stands up before a congregation and he starts talking about money, it can be a, a sensitive issue. It can be one of those hot topic buttons, you know, that you don't want to push, especially in the church house dealing with, with money. Uh, it sort of reminds me of an old story that I heard several years ago about, about this, this three little boys that was together. And this, this one little boy was talking to these other little boys and said, I just want you to know something. My dad's a smart guy said he wrote a poem, and they published that poem, and they paid him $50 for publishing that poem. He thought he had something there. Second little boy says, well, that ain't nothing. My dad wrote a short story. They published that, and they paid him $100 for that. Third little boy says, y'all ain't got nothing on me. My dad writes a sermon every week, and they have to have four guys to pick up all the money. The great thing is simply this, is that this morning, I want to talk to you this morning concerning the blessing that comes through our tithe. 
Now, tithing is the fundamental part of, of God's stewardship plan for your life and my life. And through tithing, according to the Scripture, not what I said, according to the Scripture, God will bless every area of your life. There's something we started here, and I know we forgot about it, but there's something we started here about seven years ago. I don't know if you remember it or not, but seven years ago we started, and I had different guys or women to come up every, every Sunday when we get ready to take up tithes and offering and give you a little sermonette, so to speak, concerning the tithe and concerning the offering. Last Sunday night we had a church meeting, basically a church leadership meeting. And some of you was not here at that meeting. You had other things to do. But let me just share with you from that seven years ago what God has blessed this church. And I feel like personally that God has blessed us because we understood we brought it to the forefront of what God and the blessing of God. Seven years ago in September of 2006, I became your pastor. At that time, Sister Sue, this church was bringing in on the tithe just a little bit under $24,000 a month that the church was bringing us tithe. But you want to know what it is today? Today we are averaging around $40,000 every month that God has blessed this church with through our tithe. Amen. Give God praise for that. Now you say, Pastor, that's wonderful. Why do you get up here and you fuss about helping everybody? You ought to have enough money to help everybody. No, we don't. There's a lot of folks and there's a lot of things because how many knows that as you grow... You have to also grow in finances, and you have to grow in order of expenditures and all of those things. But I just wanted to point out to you what God has blessed this church simply through your obedience and my obedience when we listen to the voice of God. So we know that through tithing, tithing is a fundamental part of God's stewardship plan. Now I want to give you this morning a few facts concerning tithing. Now this is something that you probably already know, but I just want to bring your attention to this. I want you to understand that number one is simply this, tithing comes with a blessing. It comes with a blessing. How many of you enjoy going to the store and buying something, and they advertise this, whatever it is you want to go buy, but along with that, they say, if you buy this, you're going to get this. Like if you go and buy, let's just say, a riding lawnmower. Because you buy this riding lawnmower, you're going to get this spray rig to go with it to pull along and spray your yard. It's going to come absolutely free. And that's an incentive for you to go and purchase those things. Some of you, you deer hunters and, and you fishermen and all these kind of things, you like those sales where, where they'll go and sell uh, guns on sale or, or they'll have different uh, hunting uh, things on sale. But along with that, if you buy this, you'll get all these other things along with that. How many loves the TV commercials, those those commercials when they, when they show up. And if you purchase this, not only will you get one for $9.95, you're going to get two for $9.95. And not only will you get two of these for $9.95, you're going to get this spray rig and this little bottle and this little thing and this little soap dish and all kinds of things they offer you for purchasing this one little item for $9.95. And so, but I want you to understand, even more important than all of those things, Tithing comes with the blessing. Listen to the declaration in Malachi chapter 3. And I want us to look this morning a little closer concerning these promises related to the blessing. Now here it is, this passage here in, in, verse, in verse 10 calls on the people of God. The Bible says to bring all the tithe into the storehouse. Now I don't know what that says to you, but to me it sort of implies that they were not bringing everything. It sort of implies to me that they were not bringing all the tithe into the storehouse. They were withholding some and not paying a complete tithe. 
This place where the tithe was to be brought was a place called the storehouse. When you look at this word, and there's a lot of different references to this word, but, but back in the Old Testament and back in biblical times when, when they were talking about this in the temple, there were rooms in the temple where they stored grain and, and they stored food and they stored possessions of these things and people would bring the tithe and they would put that in that storehouse. Matter of fact, I remember my dad talking about years ago some of the early churches. They didn't have a lot of money, but they did have crops and they did have chickens and they did have other things and they would bring the, the first part of the corn or the, or the beans or the rice or whatever or, or the first chicken hatchlings or whatever to the church house to provide food for the poor and for the, and for the pastor and his family to live and all of these things. It was a storehouse that they also used that name. And there were rooms that was, that was sort of in the temple at that time that they used to store uh, these, these things that, that the people had brought in. The grain, in other words, that provided needs for the ministry and provided needs for the ministers or the Levites of that time. And the implication here of this term, the storehouse, illustrates that the tithe simply cannot be put just anywhere. I want you to notice that this morning. It said, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. It did not say, bring all the tithe into the temple. It did not say, bring all the tithe and take it down to the Levite's house. It did not say any of that. It said, bring it to the, to the storehouse. And so it's an implication here that it simply cannot be placed anywhere, but it belongs in the place of the ministry. How many would, would still agree with me that the tithe belongs to the Lord? It's not mine, it's not yours, it's God's. Amen? It's God's. And when we honor God with that and we recognize that and we show our obedience to the Father, then we release the hands of God to bless His people. Hallelujah. The next thing here God declares is that a blessing that comes simply in the obedience of tithing. God said in His Word that I will open the windows of heaven for you. Amen. I'll open the windows of heaven. What is that talking about, Pastor? When you look at that phrase, it's sort of, it's a sort of associated here with the release of a blessing in abundance with what God says he's going to send your way and what, what the Scripture says. I want you to turn with me, if you will, in 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6, there's a very familiar scripture that I've preached to you before. And I don't mean to tarry here on this scripture, but I just want to show out a point to you concerning the blessing of God and how God will work, how God will move. You see, God can do anything, right? God owns everything. God is the owner of everything. He allows us to be the manager. But in this 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 24, there's a story here that I'm reminded of, Brother Reigns, that sort of lets me understand what God can do at any time, at any moment, how he can change from one day to the next day. I want to read this out of the Message Bible. The Bible says in verse 24, At a later time, this Ben-Hadad king of Aram pulled together his troops and launched a siege on Samaria. This brought on a terrible famine so bad that the food prices soared astronomically. Let me just stop here long enough and tell you this. Has anybody noticed the increase of food prices at the grocery store here lately? This brought on a terrible famine. Matter of fact, it was so bad that 80 shekels it cost for a donkey's head and five shekels for a bowl of, green, of field greens. One day, the king of Israel was walking along the city wall. A woman cried out, help your majesty. And he said, if, you will, if, if God won't help you, where on earth can I go? How, who do you think? In other words, who am I to help you? And the king told her, go ahead and tell me your story. She said, this woman came to me and said, give me your son and we'll have him for today's supper. Now, in that time, that famine was pretty bad. 
sad, wasn't it? And she, they, these women were talking and said, give, me, give up your son and we'll eat him for today's supper. Tomorrow we'll eat my son. And so we cooked my son and we ate him. The next day I told her, your turn, bring your son so we can have him for supper. But she had hidden her son away. When the king heard the woman's story, he ripped a part of his robe since he was walking on the city wall and everyone saw that next to his skin he was wearing a coarse burlap. And he called out, God, do his worst to me and more if Elisha, the son of Zaphath, still has a head on his shoulders at the day's end. You say, Pastor, what is Elisha? What has Elisha got to do with that? He was part of that, of that famine of that day. And you've got to go back. I don't have time to go back and look at that story. But Elisha was sitting home about the time that the king said that. The elders were sitting with him. And the king had already dispatched the executioner. But before the man arrived, Elisha spoke to the elders. And he said this, Do you know that this murderer has just sent a man to take off my head? Look, when the executioner arrives, shut the door and lock it. Don't I even now hear the footsteps of his master behind him? And while he was giving his instruction, the king himself showed up accusing. This trouble is directly from God. And what's next? I'm fed up with God, he said. And Elisha said, I want you to listen to the word of the Lord. He said, the famine is over. This time tomorrow, food will be plentiful. A handful of meal for a shekel and two handfuls of grain for a shekel. The market at the city gate will be buzzing. Now, you've got to understand, don't lose where we are. They're in a, in, a, in a terrible, terrible famine. I mean, they're killing each other's children and eating the children to survive. That's how bad it is. We don't understand that today. We cannot comprehend that today. But it was a bad, bad famine. But Elisha says, tomorrow, everything's going to change. Tomorrow, everything is going to change. And you can look at the attendant in the scripture, and the attendant that the king leaned on, the Bible said, and supported this, this man. He said, you expect us to believe that? We know what's going on. Do you really expect us to believe that? And Elisha said, you'll watch it with your own eyes. He said, but you, talking of the attendant, you will not be able to eat anything. I don't have time to go ahead and read the story. But you can go back in 2 Kings chapter 6 and, and chapter 7 and look at this story. And you can understand that on that day there was some lepers sitting outside the city gate. You remember? And they sat here and they was reasoning among themselves. and said, look, we're going to sit here and we're going to die. So why don't we go into the city and let's just see if they'll accept us. If they accept us, we live. But if they won't accept us, we're going to die anyway. So what, is it, what difference does it make? But the Bible says the Lord caused, uh, caused the, 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 the people of that city to hear horses and hear the armies coming. And they got scared and they fled. They dropped everything and they fled out of the city unbeknown to anybody. But the old lepers went in there and they found Brother Larry. Nobody was there. They found all the spoils. They found all the food. They found everything, the silver and the gold and everything. And they, the Bible says they went in and they ate a little bit and refreshed themselves and renourished themselves and took the silver and took the gold and went outside and hid it. And they went back into the city gates and was doing the same thing. And they said, wait a minute, we can't do this because you know, this, this is a bad thing for everybody. We've got to share this with everybody except they look at us and they feel like we've stolen, we've, we've not told the king this, and they'll kill us. And you know the story. They went and they shared this information with the king. And the Bible says on that day, on that day, food prices dropped. On that day, everybody was back to normal because of what God done in the camp there. But it goes on to say that this attendant, he didn't get to eat because he was standing there at the gate. 
And when they heard about all the food, and when they heard about all the silver, and when they heard about all the gold, it was sort of like a mob scene, and they run outside the gate and trampled the old boy. That's a bad way to die. Hungry and stomped to death. But it happened just like Elijah said. Why do you say that, Pastor? I want to point out to you that when God opens the windows of heaven, there will be a release of blessing upon your life, and it will be more than you and I can contain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I love the blessings of Almighty God. I love God to come down. Now, let me stop long enough and say this to you. If you're under the sound of my voice this morning and you're saying, Pastor, I've been, I've been faithful to my tithing, so I'm just expecting God just to release five to ten million dollars on my, on my lap. It probably won't happen. It could, but it probably ain't going to happen. All right? Because you're looking at it in the wrong way. You're focusing on it in the wrong way. God said he'll supply your need. Amen? And if you can be faithful with the little that God gives you. Can somebody know where I'm going, right? Then you can be faithful with the lot that God gives you. But when we're obedient to the Father, and the Father knows that we're obedient to Him, and we're honest with our, with our tithing and with our monies, and giving back to God what's rightfully His. Hello? then God will release the blessing, amen, that we'll not be able to contain. There's more blessing that comes from money. I will tell you something. Money is not the answer to everything. Amen. Amen. Money is not the answer to everything. I, t- I shared with you a couple of weeks ago about these guys that you see on television that wins these big lotteries, millions of dollars. There's many of them. Go back and do a study. But there's many of them that are broke today. They don't know how to handle it. Everything went haywire in their life. They lost everything. They know how to handle it. But I'll tell you, when God gives the blessing, you're going to know how to handle it because he'll trust you with what he blesses you with. Hallelujah. Amen. And the Bible says there'll not be room enough to receive it. Here's the cool thing. And that's all right. Because you know what? Many times when God does that, we keep giving from the overflow anyway. You know when God blesses you, he don't, he don't, he's not interested in you keeping it. He's interested in you getting rid of it. Pastor, that's sort of weird in, in way of thinking. I mean, we're living in this day and time. It's hard. We're supposed to be stacking cash. We're supposed to be, we're supposed to be invested. We're supposed to be doing it. I didn't say nothing was wrong with that. But I want to tell you, if you want to keep the blessing of God open, you better keep a, a revolving door in your life. Amen? When God blesses you, bless somebody. God just don't bless you to be selfish with it. Hello? God blesses you to bless somebody else. God blesses you to be a blessing. God enables you to be a blessing. That's what he's called us to do. So bless somebody else. And so with tithing, then we know it comes with a blessing. Number two is this. Tithing also comes with benefits. It comes with benefits. Aside from the blessing, there's, there's benefits that comes from tithing. Very quickly, my time is running out, but very quickly, let me tell you this. There's seven benefits that you can get from tithing. Now, now there may be others, but I want to give you seven this morning. Number one is this, God is honored by your faithfulness. He's honored by faithful people. He's honored by those who put their trust in him. Proverbs 3 and 9 says this, honor the Lord with your possessions. And with the first fruits of all, everybody say all, all all your increase. On a personal side, and I've I've shared this with the New Beginnings class, we we deal with the the area of finance and tithing in the New Beginnings class. And when we get there, most of the time I'll stop and I'll just say, "Let let me tell you this. And I'll use Karen and I for an example. 
And I've done this my whole life. I guess that's the way mom and dad raised us, and that's just what stuck with me. But everything in my life, Brother Reigns, I understand and I know God owns everything. doesn't matter. I don't care if it's, a, if it's a pair of holy socks in my drawer. It's all God's. Say, Pastor, how's God going to wear them holy socks? Don't think in those terms. You're missing the whole point right here. All right? Everything belongs to the Lord. All right? And so any increase that comes in my home, I give God that 10%. Anyway, it don't matter how it comes. And I told you before, you could come up to me and you could give me a $25 check, say, Pastor, I just want to bless you and your wife and you take her out to eat. I'll do that. But before I take her out to eat, I'm going to get that $2.50 and I'm giving it to the Lord. Why do you do that? You didn't earn that. Don't have to. It's an increase into my house. Well, I don't want you to do that. It ain't yours anymore. When you release it from your hands and you give it to me, you release all instructions, you release all benefits, you release everything from it. And it now belongs to me. And whatever I have and possess, I bless God with it. Amen? You say, why do you do that? Because I understand the principle of the tithing and honoring God. God has blessed me because of that. God has blessed our home because of that. God has blessed me with health because of that. God has blessed my walk with that. God has blessed my eyesight. I mean, there's a lot of things, more so than we look at it, except in the area of money many times. We're so prone to look at the money side of it. And there's so many other things that God will anoint and bless your home with. Amen. There's benefits. So God is honored by your faithfulness. Number two, it keeps, it keeps your priorities straight. Say, Pastor, I ain't got no problem with priorities. Oh, yeah, we do. We really do if we're not careful. Matthew 6 and 21 says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where is your treasure today? What things do you possess today? What things do you have passion for today? Wherever your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Number three is this. It guards you from selfishness. It guards you from selfishness. Acts 20 and 35 says, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said is more blessed to give than to receive. How many understands that scripture? It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. I mean, we're coming up on Christmas time right now. We got to understand it's more blessed to give than to receive. We, we, we get involved with all this. We, we, really, we really get involved in this Christmas thing. But we've got to understand it's more blessed to give than to receive. Number four is support. We support the Great Commission because of the tithe. What are you talking about? Matthew 28 and 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Are you aware this morning that when you brought your tithe into the house this morning, that that tithe goes to support so many different things of this church? It supports our state. It supports our national church. It supports missionaries. It supports the the building itself and the upkeep of, of the building. It supports ministries within the church of trying to reach the, the harvest in these last days. It supports many different things. And I told, as I told you last Sunday, I may not be able to go over in Bulgaria, but you know what? I've got a missionary over there that this church is supporting every month. And whatever he does, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to get rewarded for that. I may not be able to go over into other parts of the world, but I tell you what, when we give our missions and we send it over here and we send it over there, 
I know that God is going to bless me because I've given my dollar or I've given whatever I've given to be a blessing over there somewhere. Amen. And whatever I give in the area of our tithe, God anoints and God blesses his people. We support the Great Commission. Number five, it ensures your needs will be met. Matthew 6, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Several years ago when Karen and I first got married, I don't know if I've ever told this story or not. There was a couple at that time in this church. And when we first got married, we all, you know, every young couple goes through this. I mean, it gets tight when you get married and, and you're just starting out and you're trying to get things and all of that. You know what I'm talking about. You've been there. I was there, we were there, and, and we were struggling. Now, I had a mom and dad I could have went to, but I didn't go. But we could have. And you've heard me tell the story. I could have went in mama's house, and, and I could just act like a little boy, go up to the refrigerator, the cabinets, whatever I want to do, and get something to eat. But at that time, for whatever reason, I guess God was just trying to teach me. I just didn't do it. And we were struggling financially. But I was always faithful in paying my tithe because that's what I've been taught. That's what, according to the scripture, that I've, been, that I've learned all these things. I was faithful to that, Brother Roger. And there was a couple in this church at that time that didn't know anything, at least I thought anyway, nothing about what was going on. But one Sunday night after church, he pulled me aside. Sister Rangel said, come here, I want to give you something. And he gave me a, a, a little envelope that had $40 in it. Now, he may not understood what he'd done, but do you understand that that was a blessing as far as food and finances that we needed to go out and do and get what we needed to be able to feel like we survived? Hallelujah. But God placed that upon that couple's heart to do simply that. You've heard my dad tell stories about when he was in New Jersey and how God brought a guy and put an envelope on the door with a $20 bill. At that time, back in the 60s, you could buy a whole lot with $20. Anymore, you can't buy a whole lot, but $20 back then, it bought a whole lot. But it fed our family because of the blessing of Almighty God. It ensures our needs will be met. Number six is God loves a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians 9 and 7 says, So let each one, as he has purpose in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Number seven, it reminds us that God is the true owner and giver of everything that we have. 1 Timothy 6 and 17 says, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them to do good and that they... Be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share. That's what I've just got through saying a while ago. When God blesses you, he expects you to be a blessing as well. Hallelujah. So there's benefits that can come from tithing. And then last this morning, tithing requires obedience. You may be sitting here this morning and say, well, I, I'm not a tither, but you're talking about all these blessings, Pastor. You're talking about all these benefits. I want to get in on some of that blessing. I, I, I'm going to get in on some of that stuff. The tithe, that 10% in the storehouse. I mean, why does the tithe have to be a tenth? The word tithe simply means a tenth. And it's taken from the first fruits according to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. And I thought, how could I, how could I just get us on a simple, simple way to understand what we've been talking about over the last three weeks? And so I decided to come up with two tables, as you see. One's my table. And one is God's table. But can I tell you that this past week, that God has blessed me with 30 noodles. There's a lot of things you can do with these noodles, isn't there, Donna? 
You can do all kinds of things with these noodles. You can go swimming with them and you can float on them. You can cut them up and use them for fishing. Hey, you know, you may have done that before. All kinds, you know, got some hands. There's all kinds of things. You can get in a fight with them, hit people upside the head. There's all kinds of things you can do with these noodles. But God has just richly blessed me with 30 noodles. I got green noodles. I got blue noodles. I got pink noodles. I think that's all I got. I think I got one dark blue noodle. And so it comes to Sunday, and it's the day that's set aside that God is going to bless me, or Friday has blessed me with my noodles. And it comes Sunday time, I've got to pay my tithe on my noodles. God loves noodles, for those of you that don't know. I've got 30 noodles that God has blessed me with this week. And I'm trying to figure out what is my tithe of noodles. Can anybody tell me? Three. Does it matter which color? No. Well, just for the sake of being different, I want to get a blue and a green and a pink. And I want to take from my noodle patch or my noodle table over here and I want to put on God's table. Why are you doing that, Pastor? Because many times we leave out part of the tithe. That's why Malachi says bring all, everybody say all, all all the tithe into the storehouse. And I've got to bring all the tithe, my 10%, and bring it and put it on God's table. And I step back, Brother Reigns, and I take a look at this. And I'm saying this is God's table. This is what God requires, this is what God wants, and this is my table. Do you understand that that I've got so much noodles? (laughs) That I still can do something with. Amen. I'm a noodle, I'm noodle happy. Because of God has blessed me with noodles. And I look over there and I say, God. As a Christian, I sort of feel bad for God because he don't have noodles. He just got three noodles. But you know what? I'm going to tell you, God, somehow, in some way, Sister Marilyn, I I don't understand how he does it. But God takes my 10%. You say, Pastor, why are you using noodles? That's, you know, this is a serious thing. I understand that. But this is how I want you to understand that. You'll, you'll You'll remember this. I promise you, every time you get out your checkbook and write... Oh, Lord, I owe you one more noodle. I got got You're going to remember it. But somehow God takes these three noodles. And he blesses the church. And he increases the church. And he opens up the windows of heaven in my life. And he opens up the windows of heaven over our church and our church families. And blessing upon blessing comes from families in our church simply because we're obedient with just the little that God requires. And we give it to God. Hallelujah. 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 You see, with this principle here, tithing, everybody is the same. Do you understand when God looks at you, he looks at you no different than he looks at me? How many understands that? I, I really want to know because sometimes in the church house we feel like what well, the preacher looks at, he's looked at a little different. And, and, and I guess from a, in, in one sense he is because I'm going to be held accountable for your souls. And so I want to teach you the right way and, and, the, and the correct thing. I don't want to teach you a lie. I don't want to preach those things because I'm, I'm going to be standing before God one day. But from a salvation standpoint, he looks at us all the same. 
The ground is level at the foot of the cross. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter your economic status. It doesn't matter. And with this principle that God has set forth with his tithing, you understand that everybody is able to share equally. But the kingdom of God is enhanced. The kingdom of God grows. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God goes further when we're obedient with what God has blessed us with and we give back to God. Amen. Musicians, I want you to come. I want to close this story. I've told before. But, I, but, but just, in, just in case you're here and you hadn't heard it, I hope, you, I hope this grabs you. For those of you that heard it, just listen to it again. I believe it was John Hagee, if I'm not mistaken, that I heard, I heard this, this story from. But he told the story about, a, about a, a, a member of his church that came to him and said, Pastor, I, I've been listening to you preach about tithing. I've been listening to you preach about giving and financial blessing and all of that. But I just don't have it to give. And I understand that. We all go through those, those times. I understand it. To... But Pastor John said, I'll pray with you that God will bless, your, bless you and your family. And he began to pray. And God blessed. And he started paying tithe. That's what he wanted to do. I want, I want you to pray that God blesses me so I can pay tithe as well. He was serious. He was, he was very serious about what he wanted to do. And Brother Larry, the more tithe that he paid, the more God blessed him. God just opened it. It seemed like God just opened up the windows. I mean, really opened up the windows of heaven on him and his, his family, his business. And God just started pouring it in. One day, he noticed that instead of a $1,000 check tithe, he was writing somewhere the five-digit figures and the six-digit figures. I mean, this guy was being blessed. And he got to thinking about it. He said, whew, I can't afford to pay tithe anymore. Man, I'm giving way too much to the church and to God. Goes back to the pastor and said, Pastor, this is what I've come up with. I'm going to have to cap my tithe. I can't give the 10% like it's required. I'm giving too much. I'm going to have to set a figure here. Pastor John said, that's okay. I'll pray that God will decrease your increase so that you can still pay and be obedient to what the word says you see many times we feel like that we're just giving way too much to the church house and there's our first mistake right there it ain't the church houses it's God's we're giving way too much to that preacher it ain't the preachers it's God's we're giving way too much to that ministry it's not the ministries, it's God's. That's where we, we, we mess up sometimes. The Bible says the tithe belongs to the Lord. Now I'm not scared to stand up here this morning and talk to you about money and tithing. Because I, know, I believe the scripture. I believe what the scripture says. I believe it. If you choose not to do it, that's your, that's your business. That's your business. I'm not going to be mad at you. I'm going I'm to talk to you. I'm going to treat you just like you're my best buddy. But I'll tell you, if you want to be somebody individually or with family, that if you want the blessings of God in your life, if you desire the blessings of God in your life, then follow the book. Follow the book. That's all you got to do. We have no problem following the roadmap, getting from place to place, do we? If if I'm going somewhere I've never been before, I'm going to follow the roadmap, and I'm going to get there. Got no problem following it. So why do we have a problem following the roadmap to heaven? 
Pastor, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. I understand. I've heard people say that too. I can't afford to pay tithes. My response is you can't afford not to pay tithes because of the promise of God's blessing upon your life. I didn't say that. That's what the book said. And I choose to follow the plan that God has set forth. I want every head bowed, every eyes closed very quickly. We're going to go in just a second. I hope you're able to be here tonight at 6 o'clock. Dad's going to be bringing the word. It'll be the first time he's preached in several, several weeks because of his surgery. But we're looking forward to that. But if you're here this morning, before we do anything else, you say, Pastor, I'm lost today. I don't know Jesus as my Savior. I've been coming over the last few weeks and I've been listening to what you have to say concerning financial blessing and biblical stewardship. But there's something else going on inside of me that I feel like I need a little closer walk with the Lord. I'm here today and I've recognized the fact that I need Jesus in my life. If you're here today, and if that's you, would you just lift up your hand and put it right back down? I'm not, I don't want to embarrass you. But you'd be honest and you say, I want to receive Jesus. Just hold it up just a little bit so I can see. Everybody, everybody head down and eyes closed. I don't want to embarrass, embarrass you, but I do want to give you opportunity to receive the Lord today. You don't have to come forward. You can receive the Lord in your pew. But I believe God wants to minister to you today. I want to receive the Lord today. The last two Sundays, we've had two people saved to give their heart to the Lord. We give God praise for that. You say, Pastor, I'm here today. And I've been listening to what you had to say over the last three weeks concerning biblical stewardship. I've not been faithful to God like I need to be faithful to God. And your messages has caused me and the Holy Spirit has caused me to come to forefront with that. And I want you to pray that God gives me strength and wisdom and God blesses me so that I can return to what I know to be true. And receive the blessings of Almighty God. If that's you, would you just put up your hand and put it right back down. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I want to be obedient to the voice of God. I want to be obedient to what God has said in His Word. I want to follow His plan. I don't want to follow man's plan. I want to acknowledge the blessing of Almighty God. Father, you saw every hand that is lifted up this morning. You saw every individual, every family that's represented here today that knows in their heart, oh God, that to some extent they're withholding part of their tithe from you. Maybe it's to pay a bill. Maybe it's to do something fun. Maybe it's just they're giving out of, to other family members or whatever the case may be. But God, I pray that you help us today to understand that you commanded in your word to bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house that there may be food in my house for souls to come and eat for souls to come and drink we surrender everything to you